It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, how are you doing? I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans, and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, today we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is just a little way down from Napoleon Avenue, right across, by the way, you guys, from the European Wax Center. Don't know if you're familiar with the European. brand new. No. It's a brand new European Wax. Now, Ian, how did you know that it was brand new? Because that whole building's brand new. I know. Have you been into the European Wax <laughs> no, yet? No, that's a hint. I haven't been into the ice cream shop either. The I ice cream shop is good. There. I've been into both of them actually, the European Wax Center and the ice cream shop. This is Ian Neville, who's a guitar player in Dumpster Funk, who's here. Yes, indeed. And he's got an awesome T-shirt from um, Big Lebowski. I love it. Yeah, my boy Walter Zobchak. Walter's subject. That was, animal, that's John know? Goodman's character's name. Yeah. Your spirit animal is Walter's subject. Sometimes when, he, when, when it needs to be, you know. Do you that's roll on the Shabbos? <laughs> <laughs> that's C Rock, who's our fact checker. What's up? So no. you're a big Lebowski fan, C Rock? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Lebowski. I'm a Coen Brothers diehard. I just heard that George Clooney is directing the new Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, they wrote really. It. Did you hear that story? What's it called? I don't Do know. Suburbicon. Suburbicon. Written, I didn't know that. Written That's by the Coen Brothers and directed by George Clooney. And look who else is here. Chef Toya Bodhi. Hey, Chef Toya. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing good. How really? Are you? are you seriously doing good? Yeah, fan freaking si- Is this actual gold, this yeah. watch? That is an impressive looking gold watch. <laughs> it's got a map of it. so big it can have a map of the entire world on it. I don't know. You notice that? <laughs> yeah, it does have does a map. It, does it say where, does it light up where you are in the world? No, it doesn't light up where I am. Oh, I like it. Did you win that somewhere? That no, I didn't. I just bought it you somewhere. Bought it? Yeah. Where'd you get it? Dillard's. Dillard's, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. How much was it? It was it my gift. Expensive. It was my gift to myself. You bought it for I got yourself. It on, I got it on sale for one thirty-six. One thirty-six. Yeah, I've never talked to okay. anybody about that. That's but yeah, pretty. I got it that's, is that a good deal for a watch? When's the last time you bought a watch? Mark Bologna is here, who's the host of the uh, fabulous podcast Beyond Bourbon Street. Thank you. Which is a real insider's guide to New Orleans. Yes, you couldn't get much be. more inside than right here. This is about as inside as you get. Yeah. With Chef Toy Ian Neville, and I'm I'm as about as outside. And this guy here. Okay, That's yeah, Mr. Yeah. Inside New Orleans right there. I don't know who that is. But he just came from outside. He looks so good. Why, no, are, you, why are you drinking, Ian? Now. What the hell is that? Um, I know. It's, it's like something a about some um, tequila and some like grapefruit and lime situation. And what comes with it? Like a little a baby little sidecar of uh, beer. I didn't know <laughs> I was It's like a little that, baby so. glass of beer, just yeah. in case, <laughs> in case you need, in case you bring your kids. <laughs> a little time yeah. glass. Do you have any kids, Ian? Nope. Do you have a girlfriend or a wife or anything? Um, no, no nothing. Nah. How can you be? <laughs> how are you a rock star in one of the greatest bands in America and you don't have a girlfriend? Is that really true? You have to find a way to fumble around this question. <laughs> um, Is that you true? Know, travel. I travel a lot. Right. You know. I. Well, uh, yeah, that's it. I just I'm never in the same place for right. all that long. How long are you in the same place for? Like a night? Or right a week? now, I'm in New Orleans for like a whole week and a half straight. And that's a long nice. time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you don't have any like? Do you have girls like all over the country stashed away? No, no. I got a. Toy's you know, I got a. Toy's giving you the. I got a friend. You know. You do. Yeah. Okay. So you do have a girlfriend. I I didn't put that other word on the front of that. Okay. Totally. You but, did. You it's know. too much commitment. It's um no. What it is is it's like uh, purposely not labeled. Right. Because mm-hmm. that makes that shit complicated. Yeah. Automatically. And how does she feel about that? 
it's worked out so far. She thinks there. it's, she thinks she it's awesome. She must feel okay about it. She's there. She doesn't want you to talk about it either. She was feeling all right. And this, uh, 30 seconds this guy, this comedian, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, he, was like, he is uh, funny. Yeah, he's good. He said, I don't have a girlfriend. I just know a girl who would be pissed if she heard me say that. Yeah, that's what so I was So that's thinking. like the diplomatic answer. Right, 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 right. Yes. That's well, you accurate. don't need everyone to know all your business. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> that must be fun being you a... Your, your girlfriend, though, mustn't it? Are you faithful to her while you're on the road, or does, or does no one talk about that? How does that work? 58 minutes I'm to better, go, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm better than most. Better than most. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. That yeah. is a, that's a smart way of wording yeah. it. Yeah. Very smart. Unfortunately, my partner, Andrew Duhon, is not here today because he's on the road on a tour himself. Do you know him? Do you know Andrew? Yes. Yeah. He's got a lot of good stories about the same sort of thing. It's, it's very difficult. It's a difficult life. It's not that funny, really. I mean, it's weird, you yeah. know. It's, uh, it's the I don't worst know any different, so that helps. That's true. <laughs> but it's kind of the worst of all worlds because, you know, you're on the road. You could get tons of women, but you don't really, after a while, you don't really want to do that. That actually. shouldn't be your, like, driving focus of right. being on the road, first of all. Right. And, it is, you know, it is you, for a lot of people, though. It is. Totally. So, because it's the one thing shame. you can actually <laughs> succeed at. <laughs> you know, no one comes to the gig, or people hate your music, or you suck, or you have a bad night, or... Or whatever, you know, not in your case, but in general, if you're, a, right. you know, starting out as a musician. But you can definitely fuck chicks, though. If your band sucks, it's it harder. Is it really? I think so. I think my band usually doesn't suck, so I'm not, uh, not I'm a little biased, I guess. Yeah. No, but there's always women who will have sex with you, even if you're in a shitty band. I mean, you even if you're not a musician, though, too. So. <laughs> it's a lot easier, though, if you're in a bar with a guitar in your hand and you're actually, you know, like that, and everyone's yeah. sort of half drunk. Don't you think, Toy, have you been in that position? No, not in that position. No? no. I mean, on the other side of it. <laughs> no, not on the other side of that Don't position. you find men more attractive if they can play music? I think creativity is attractive because I'm, an, I'm a right brain thinker, totally. Right brain, is that yeah. good? Yeah. Is yeah. that like Republican? No, no, no. But I'm is, definitely a right, a right brain thinker there. Um, I'm more creative. Um, I love different art forms and stuff like that, creating things with my hands, that kind of stuff. Well, you're um, a chef after all. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm a chef and an abstract artist. You know, I started out you're in a the painter? city. Mm -hmm. oh. I started out in the city doing poetry and stuff and motivational speaking. So that's kind of how I got my first buzz. But I was always cooking in the background, you know, for years since I was like nine. You so start, you started out as a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. How do you get to start out as a motivational speaker? It's interesting. Who would hire you? Well, what happened uh, is that I just started doing the poetry scenes, right? And I would just go to poetry scenes. And my art form was never based on something else that I saw from someone else's life, it was always battles that, or things that I went through. So you go these poetry battles. And yeah, and that's how people started to, uh, like, well, why don't you come and speak at this school? And why don't you come? And it just started kind of snowballing. And before I, before I knew it, it was just like, yeah, I do motivational speaking. Really? <laughs> but it's, wow. to circle back to the creativity, I think that is attractive because it's almost like a... I guess it's one of the reasons why a lot of um, restaurant chefs are very hard to deal with. Are they? A lot it's like, of them. It's like being a musician. Because it's yeah. like a God complex. And when you create things, even me, when I'm on television or something like that, you get a lot of, ooh, you get a lot of applause. You get a lot of, you know, whatever all the time. And it, if you don't have the right character, 
you know, you can become monstrous, but that same thing is a force that attracts. It's like I'm a magnet when I walk in a room, you know, and that's the creativity. So that's what makes You're musicians. a magnet when you walk in a room, even if people don't know who you are or only if they know that you're famous already. Even if they don't know. I think they really? want to find out. You have they, like a magnetic personality? Let's try yeah. it out. Walk, well, no, I don't want to walk around the bar here and see what happens. What that happened? might be red wrong. This is New Orleans, you know. <laughs> Do you find that that people are attracted to you just normally? I mean, even though they don't know who you are. Yeah. You think it's the watch? No, it's definitely not it's the watch. It's not the watch. Definitely not the watch. It's the yeah, tattoo. Thank you, oh. thank you. You've got some cool tattoos as well over here. Yeah. What, you are, you, what are you? What's go around the room and do tattoos in? <laughs> What are, you, what are you? Is that so, I can't see anything. It's um, the two are they're hybrid. The two of my favorite things, New Orleans and Star Wars. Ah, mm. I see. Which one is Star Wars? That one, I assume. Both of both of these oh, they're are combined. Yeah, it's a two-part system. You know, okay. it's a balanced type of effort. So, you, did you design you them? Balance. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Okay. Can you explain them? That's like the Fleur de Lee. But I don't know anything about Star Wars. It's like, uh, it's, uh, all right, it's the rebel symbol and the empire symbol. Okay. But with Fleur de Lis, like, embellishments. In it's a very clean line work, ah, too. Yeah, I see. Who did very it? Very cool. Um, it's uh, my tattoo lady. Her name is Andrea Stoltz. She works out of uh, her house slash shop kind of situation on Jabatulas. Wow, really? Two blocks up from Hanson's. Just wow. Ha- so you can go down and get a snowball and then go get yeah. a tattoo. That's that's interesting. Bless you, April. Thank you. In wow. whichever order you feel necessary, yeah, snowball after the tattoo. Really cool. I would think the tattoo probably first. After. Maybe yeah. both, probably. But Not the same. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. It depends on probably the line, after. really. <laughs> what flavor snowball do you like? It depends what day it is and like yeah. how hot it is, maybe, and if I'm going to get one tomorrow also or not. Or if ah, I say you want to pace yourself. Too, that's too much. It too depends. Much on oh, you got it all figured out. I usually get the same thing. What do you get, Toy? Um, You're it, a shit fuck. It depends. It does depend. If it's really like like Lucifer sitting on a concrete hot, <laughs> then I can't have something super creamy. But normally I'll like um, chocolate with condensed milk. Right. Or that's I'll, a number one and, right there. Yeah, and if it's cool, if it's okay outside, like today it's not blistering, I could get that. Or if it's a really hot day, I get something like wedding cake. Oh, I have a new one. Oh, new no, one. Sweet. Wedding cake is that's not Wedding good. cake. Cotton candy. Oh, no. There's a new one called cotton candy, but it actually tastes like candy apple. The candy from the red candy apple. Damn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? It is the, it's the best. Really? It is the best. I like your expression. It's almost it, like having an epileptic man, seizure. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it, was so, it was so good. I was behind a lady yesterday who got cotton candy and wedding cake combined. And I thought, whew, that's, that's, that's sweet. That's, yeah. She's got teeth missing. Can you get... <laughs> Can you, go to a, can you go to a snowball place where they put alcohol in there? So I was just I, at a party I, that uh, had Hanson's. They brought it in, and they had bottles of rum, and they, they put half the ice Hansons in. Hanson's didn't do it, though, right? No, filled it up with rum and then put... See, put if I had a snowball stand, I would do that. I would have a liquor license, and I would, I would <laughs> make it. Seems like a good idea. Yeah, it does. When you say that I'll stop talking about it because somebody won't take it. Right. Too late. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> what did you say? Wedding cake and, and candy apple. That sounds disgusting, but oh. if you had some like tequila maybe or something with that. You'd have to mix that with vodka. something. Yeah. Just vodka, ever, something white. Everclear. Yeah. Mm. Something white. I saw ladies do chocolate and ginger cayenne. Wow. So you make you like a Mexican chocolate kind of I was just snowball. about to say, that sounds yeah, good. that sounds Mexican. Where do you get ginger cayenne at Hanson's? Hanson's. They have that. Hell yeah. Ah. 
is it good or is it like stomach ache? Super good. What the, the, sounds the chocolate ginger combo? I haven't had that one, but the straight up ginger cayenne is crushing. That sounds brilliant. I've never had that. How long do you have to wait in line? How long will you wait? Today in line? I, dr- I rode by on the way over here. On your bike? No, I was getting a ride from my boy that uh, drives for Lyft. Right. Um, Did you? And uh, we there was did no a line. chop drive by, and it was like about probably. A, 15 minute wait maybe so, that's not no. too bad and that's on a this is a Wednesday afternoon by the way this is just a random Wednesday afternoon yeah it wasn't bad if I didn't have somewhere to be I would have stopped yeah 15 minutes well we could send the lift guy back and get some snowballs actually uh, it's closing soon it'll be closed like by the end of the month get your yeah oh, that's yeah, right yeah. Damn. what's, what's going to be closing the snowball stand maybe, maybe like closed. closer to Halloween I don't know yet she hasn't like announced she what hasn't the decided. deal's going to be yeah. Yeah. have you been to this place on Magazine Street by Harry's Ace Hardware the Imperial Woodpecker no, what's that? That's a new snowball stand. That's really good. Really? Mm, I'm not getting paid anything to say that, unfortunately. <laughs> but we should be. Yeah, I don't That's work for hands and do there. I don't get, I don't get why bomb. they don't keep them open more anyway. It's like it's hot till like December. It's like here. the Nord swimming pool problem. I, I think there's a couple of them that do. Uh, I know Ike's snowballs over uh, on yeah, uh, Ike's. City Park they Avenue. They're nachos. open almost all year round. Mm-hmm. But Hanson's, I guess they don't have to be. And they shut down for the... It's a season. You yeah. just get it when you get it, and that's it. Yeah. It makes you appreciate it more, I guess. Well, you know a lot it's about... like crawfish and whatever, right. you know. Well, that is yeah. seasonal, but snowballs you can make all year. I mean, we can make ice, after all. I would think... I mean, ice cream shops it's don't the close. Quality. It's the quality. It's the quality of the, of the fluff of the ice. It's like, the way it's shaved. Yeah, man. If you get to a place and they haven't sharpened those blades, and you get, like, little chunks and... That's right. Like a refrigerator ice, you're not expecting that. You know, you're thinking it's supposed but to be... But you can still be open. I think T. Eva's open all year down there on Magazine Street. She's, yeah. I think she stays open with the thing. So you spend a lot of time in, in restaurants here in New Orleans. I do. You, you grew up at Teddy's. I grew up at Teddy's Grill on Franklin Avenue, Franklin and, and Fillmore and Gentilly. It was a little boy place, neighborhood mm-hmm. place. And so I grew up, like you were saying, we, we certainly weren't celebrities. It was a little neighborhood place. But that, I grew up in the back of that restaurant. Really? My parents were kids when they bought the restaurant and kids when they had me. And, uh, How old were they really? They were 18 oh, when they kids. bought the place. Your they parents? were 19 when they, ha- they got married, and they wow. had me a year later. That's kids. That's wow. kids. Yeah. 19. You did. And so how old are they now? 67. So they well, that had, sounds like regular man, parent age young. now. But I guess you're 40-something. 46. They, wow. had, uh, they had Teddy's Girl for 36 years in Gentilly. That is so young. That's crazy. I have that's an 18-year-old. Like, Do you? Yes. Wow. Yeah, dude. Okay, that's impressive as well, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, first year of college, oh, yeah. I got five-year-old twins, so oh, on the other wow. side. Oh, wow. Well, you look a lot too young to have. I am too young. How yeah. old is you, yeah. Felicia? How <laughs> yeah. old is you? My oldest is uh, 18. Ancient. The middle is 11. The uh, almost, well, used to be youngest, is turning five in December. And I have one coming in February. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank wow, you. Well, you've got them spread out. Yeah, man. That's that's life, though. My first one was, I was 16 when I had her. Same. So, yeah. Same as you. It was very young. But I couldn't even now fathom my 18-year-old having a child now. <laughs> even I'd be though. Like, Jesus. Right. You know? What were you thinking at the time? Was that a total um, I, mistake or did you decide I, to have a baby at 16? No, and that's a good question, honestly, because a lot of girls. I have a good question. Yeah, a lot of girls that I went to school with purposed. To really have them, yeah, yeah. It was just something that you know. Um, one of the realest conversations I had with my mother not long ago, maybe, maybe about three years ago, I told her I said I just didn't. I mean, I didn't love myself then. That's who else would throw their body away? You you can't love yourself. 
you know, something made you not love yourself enough to what even What do you mean think. by throw your body away? <clears throat> to give it away like that. You need to have sex with a guy. Oh, yeah. That, well, I think that everybody young. wants to have sex with each other. That's throwing yourself away, is it? Uh, when they're young like that, no. It's not just wanting to have sex with a guy. It's wanting to achieve and get something that you uh, either did not receive or something that you're looking for or whatever your perception has made you think that you will get from that action. I don't truly believe from being a young girl, and I remember that time in my life very vividly, probably because of the events that happened, but I remember not feeling as if I really wanted to. How some people were like, oh man, I want to, oh yeah. No, it, it was just like, oh, I should do this because I could get this, and then they could do this, and they so could you like had, this. So you've you know? had some sort of a goal in mind? Yeah, every girl does. Do they? Oh, yeah. I thought some girls would just like to have sex because they enjoy it like guys do. It hurts when I hear that out loud. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and even, but... That's a pretty uh, Machiavellian <laughs> view of women, I think, isn't it? It's not Luckily, a, a woman said that. Imagine if a guy had said But think about that. A guy, a guy has a goal just as well, even if it's not just... Not really. A guy just wants to have sex with you. So <laughs> that's his goal. To, right. to end. That's his goal. Right. To end that moment. And you know what happens at the end of that moment. That's the yeah, goal. Yeah, then it's all over. Yeah. Then you have to do it all over again. But that's still his goal. Well, when what's the woman's goal? It depends. It depends on if it's love or uh, in the moment it may be attraction, but it's going to be, it's definitely part. Well, well with us I at this table, it's more. attraction, right? Because yeah. we yeah. all believe that women are just hopelessly attracted to us. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Every guy yeah, wants to think that. that or so guy wants to say, I don't want to think you want to have sex with me just because I'm going to buy you dinner or something. <laughs> no, and I don't. I think. Well, I think if you directly look at, oh, they uh, maybe want to ha do that, have sex with me because of my status or because they want a gift or because this. But a lot of women uh, focus on stuff that isn't currency: your time, your attention. He's going to pay more attention to me. Yeah, I am very attracted to him, but. He's going to pay more attention well, I to got a, I've got a serious question for you. Do you really think that other women think like this, or you just think like this? No, I you think, think other women. general, mm -hmm. women in general... A good bit of them. ...only want to have sex with guys out of some sort of transactional nah, desire. No, no, no. you got to watch physical. that. you got to watch that, because some... some what is, are you saying? Because it's, some of it is physical. Some of it is definitely physical. Right. But sex is like an intimate motion. So, and it's not just about, you know, combining bodies. I think we can all bodies. agree on that one. Not just combined, combining bodies, but it's a real intimate thing that happens on the inside of you. So, and it's not like, because see, when you say transaction, it could feel like, oh, they want money. So all women want money. Because transaction is associated with money all the time. Well, it could be I didn't, I didn't take it. As, yeah. I agree with you, but I didn't take it as what he was saying just yeah, now. Yeah, you know yeah. What, what do you take I, it as, Ian? What are you thinking? Um... That's like, uh, that makes me like, I'm already somewhat um, suspicious of a lot of people, mm -hmm. just in general, like personal motivations of whoever you're dealing with, right. um, based on what they know about you or think they know about you, et cetera, you know? And that's just an extension of that same, like, uh, hesitation about mm -hmm. dealing so you with don't, people. You don't trust even, people. If it's, even if it's emotion that they're... Wanting from you and not your status. Um, Even if they just if if she's no when it gets when it gets past the first barrier of of initial like not really knowing somebody then I guess mm -hmm. you know you can read people better at that point but yeah 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 um, 
Do you think that comes from, from your family name and your upbringing and, and yeah. what you do? Yeah. Because everyone knows your name. Yeah. Yeah. Before they know my first name most of the time. So it's like, what you know. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you have to grow up all, suspecting you know? that everybody just wants to be no, your no, no, friend. Because no, no, I didn't like grow up you know, like that. But as more as an adult, you just right. notice people how like people you knew when you were a kid and now see them in a different light when you're adults and uh, just dealing with other adult mm-hmm. people that you you know just yeah. in life business well, that's and all the that thing. you just, see uh, that's the you know, whole thing about if you grew up in a family where the family business is music and you end up on the stage playing a guitar it's different from if your family business is the law and you go into your dad's law firm or something you know it people look at you completely differently, even though it's just the same thing. You inherited a bunch right. of genes and you happen to be able to mm-hmm. be a great musician, then your job is standing on a stage playing a guitar, and people look at you so differently from if you were working in a furniture store, if your parents owned a furniture store, or they owned the, you know, a delicatessen or a restaurant, and mm-hmm. you took that over. It's, whole, it's interesting, but it forces you to be like a public figure your whole entire life. Mm-hmm. But do you feel... To a degree, yeah. Yeah, know. it's kind of an, you know, sort of annoying, isn't it? I mean, I mean, it's a double-edged see, I, sword. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I would, it'd be super weird to be really, really famous. That'd be, like, yeah. frightening, probably. But You don't seem like you would like that. To be... <laughs> he doesn't seem like he would be, like that. Be bubble. Be I mean, bubble and, and to, be, to be, like, broke and famous would be oh, would a be nightmare. Dumb. <laughs> It'd be a fucking nightmare. But that happens. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. floating right around the ambiguity area of all that. <laughs> that's, that's where I live. He said, I'm in a happy place right now. So. <laughs> but it helps to be talented, though. It does help that you can't actually play the guitar. That yeah. would be worse. Yeah. Like, if you can't, like the Manning family. If you were in the Manning family and you couldn't throw a football. Like, isn't there one brother who's... Cooper Manning. Well, Cooper. Yeah, but Cooper. he got like injured. He, he used hurt. to... Yeah, oh, he, he was a yeah. football player. Oh, he was a okay. receiver. Yeah. So imagine if you were in the Neville family and you couldn't play anything. I mean, we have some people, like, uh, you know, we have family members that don't necessarily focus on music, but we definitely have an overload of people that do. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of pressure, too. Because what, right. Right, what if you wanted to play and your family was like, oh, you're not that good? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is an added element of just expectation. Yeah. Um, of course, you grow up around it. And so I, I, how early, how, how young were you when you decided you, you were really interested in music? Um. I mean, music just, if you grow up listening to it, I think you just, it's a part of, it's a part of your world at mm-hmm. that point. Um, Cause it's just all, what? No, go ahead. Yeah, it's just if there's always, there was always music on or being played or a record or an actual instrument or whatever at some point, and uh, mm-hmm. it just becomes kind of ingrained, you know? And now, Music is, uh, it's all that. It's like an escape for just listening to other people's music or for mm-hmm. creating music. It's, it's, uh, you are know, you, it's are you writing sense. stuff as well? Yeah, yeah. I always try to keep writing right. stuff. You know, we're working on a new dumpster funk record that's taken way that's too long. That's about time, long. is it? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. The last When's record the last we put one? out was 2013 or something? Shit, yeah. That was a long time yeah, ago. That I'm was surprised. A minute ago. It's surprising that dumpster funk is still together. Yeah, I Given think that, that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was surprised it turned out to be a band because I remember it just used to be like a pickup band of tips you could like go see and it was, it was like you guys and it just seemed like a really, you know those New Orleans bands where you go like on a Friday night or a Saturday night to Patinas and it'll be 
Like I mean, Ivan we, and a few guys, yeah. or George Porter and a few guys. But I've seen them. I've now, now I lived in Washington, D.C. for a while, and I saw you guys at the 930 Club, gosh, uh, maybe before you were playing, 10 years ago, easily. And so I, I sort of saw them both ways, both home and, and away and touring. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been touring all the time, all those years. Yeah, we, for the past, I guess like maybe about two or three years ago, we kind of throttled back full touring to try to do smarter touring, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, we were busting ass on the road a lot. Like driving, we mm-hmm. put many hundreds of thousands of miles on various vehicles all over, you know. And who organizes all the you have like a whole management behind the We have scenes a whole management booking situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Through the years, it's been a lot of different people. Right. And who runs the band? Is it, like, is it like Ivan's deal? Is he the boss sort of thing? No, we're um, a democracy to That's our cool. own detriment. Most of the time. Yeah, you tell you want it though, right? Decisions are the most difficult part about yeah. making I bet it making is. music, being in a band. Yeah, you it's know. interesting. So that everybody weighs in because normally someone seems to be in charge, don't they? I mean, so we try to uh, steer the ship and and um, just keep shit going, you know, because right. otherwise it'll just get stagnant and mm-hmm. and um, stale and the same and all that, you know. So. It must be pretty hard work for you two on stage here when you see Dumpster Punk play because it, there's two bass players. So what, what, the yeah. hell, what the hell are they doing, those yeah, two guys? Well, Tony uh, and Nick, Tony Hall and Nick Daniels both play bass. Tony switches on guitar on some stuff, on right. certain songs. Um, but they are the definition of, like, don't try this at home. Like, it sounds good. <laughs> on, right. Like, they just naturally, how they play and stay out of each other's way and it weaves together in some like helix kind of yeah, it's funk weird. situation that's and then you're just, and then you're in the middle of that yeah it leaves a lot of space yeah. yeah it leaves a lot of other area for some guitar and some keys and and yeah just it's a really great band to watch kind of weaves live. itself together when it works out it's like the neville brothers it's like the, did you see the neville brothers gigs when you were a kid did you go to those yeah you just sneaked in there somehow? I mean, I used to sleep in the dress room at Tipitinas <laughs> when I was like three years old. And, you know, this little dress room yeah, nap. You cool. could feel the, you know, the whole floor yeah. would vibrate the whole. Yeah. yeah. It did. I can remember many nights where you, those Neville Brothers gigs where you'd, yep. it was time to go home. There was that wall that's over. Destiny. You'd walk outside and it was daylight. That, that's destiny, was, though. Like, even, I love to hear people's uh, stories and you can hear where destiny chimes in as a child. I always tell other people when I'm talking to them about parenting, watch the child. You can see what their destiny is. If you just pay attention to the way they play with toys, the way they do stuff, and the fact that you could even find solace within that thumping to go to sleep, ooh, <laughs> that if that was my child, I would know, mm-hmm, I would know exactly where he was going. I got, I got a good story for you on that one. Uh, so my brother-in-law, who is a percussion player, my sister's husband, um, he, like I said, he plays percussion, and he has a photo of him and his brother when they were like, you know, two years old or something mm-hmm. like that. And he, it's uh, it's like a drum, like a metal cylinder, cylinder drum mm-hmm. that was uh, full of like uh, building blocks, like wood building blocks, you know, right. like a kid's toys. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a the photo is of his brother has built like a crazy cathedral-looking structure out of the blocks and. Taku is in the on the side of him with the drum flipped over, beating on it like it's a drum. Mm-hmm. And his brother's an architect, and he's a percussion <laughs> wow. player. I'm that's telling crazy. you, that's cool. I'm telling you, that's that's ama- that's the most amazing part about parenthood. When you 
care when you're not just reproducing to have monogram clothing. You know, um, people. A lot of people want parts. I didn't know you could even do. <laughs> people want parts of life and marriage and stuff like that just to have the picture, and they don't realize they do that. Their lack of preparation shows that they just wanted the picture. You see what I'm saying? But when it comes down to kids, when you when you see how they do stuff and you watch them, even my youngest, um, he has. He has a lot of my personality. He's very fiery, you know, and he's funny and witty at four. Like, he can crack a joke on somebody really quick, right? He's quick with words. But I watch him even with his emotions, and because I can tell that he's powerful when he gets in the room, because he's always the helper, the whatever in class and stuff. At home, he's something else. We're confused when we have parents teacher conference. Like, oh, this is the kid he's saying, in, okay, in class? <laughs> gotcha. Got it. At least he wasn't me. I was horrible in school. But, um, what school did you get to? Uh, I went to Terrytown. Well, I went to high school at West Jefferson High School mm-hmm. and uh, elementary school, Terrytown, middle school, Gretna. You grew up on the West Bank? Uh-huh. Well, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Both my parents born <laughs> and raised uptown. <laughs> Your parents were from uptown? You wouldn't have uh-huh. guessed that. Boy, that's not what I would have guessed that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, would you have guessed that, Mark? No. No, I would not have yeah, said that. Yeah. But my parents, we, we have, a, and it's probably because inside of our home, we have a really uh, a really tight situation going on, so you know it's kind of like that was our world. And plus, I was punished pretty much every summer, so well, you, I had no well, choice but to absorb all whole, that uptown mentality. You punished for a whole summer? Yeah. Oh, summers. Summers. I've plural. only had a few summers that were free. Like recently. Was this from shit you did in school or just? Yeah, school. And I, I was never disrespectful to adults. I'm still not like that. I will Thank put you, you in check if I have to, though. <laughs> Sir, stop. But um, when it comes down to school, I just learned differently, and I didn't fit well in those kind of situations, so I kind of rebelled. I actually got put out of preschool. My mother can verify that story. You got expelled wow. from preschool. I, got put out, I was hanging out of, I was <laughs> hanging out of the badass. window. At preschool? They, yep, when they caught me. They told my mother to come pick me up, and she had to keep me home until it was time for me to go to regular school. Wow. So you're a troublemaker. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I just I just right needed brain. freedom. I'm going to stop fussing my motivations and whatnot. <laughs> I needed freedom, and my personality is like that, too. So. What, how did you end up cooking out of, um, all, this, of all things? When I was that about... It doesn't seem like the right kind of thing. I think you'd end up on a stage or something. See, I think well, cooking is a, is a big it was sort both. of expression of freedom. I went to, uh, and I only like, I like savory more than sweets. I like sweets because people want that from me sometimes, like my parents. But um, savory, people I want like sweets from you. Sometimes, yeah. That sounds like <laughs> an interesting <laughs> avenue that we could explore. No, 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 wait. But I like savory because I can do whatever the hell I want. You yeah. know, I like the, I like to have the freedom. I don't like the restriction in the. But the, you like sweets because. People like that better. Sometimes it's I, more I do it only for family members close. Savory is not as precise. You start no. baking, and it's got to be exact you amounts. And, uh-huh. you, can you can go so, you can go so far. Like I just saw this stupid video about a chicken being baked in a watermelon. Right? Damn. It was the most disgusting-looking process. But at the end, you know what I said at the end? I didn't like the post, but I did comment and said, "If you did it with jerk seasoning, it might work." <laughs> <laughs> because it might. You know what I'm saying? Because that mildness of the watermelon. On, on, is on Facebook. You, on, it's a taste. I think it's a tasty video. I think. No, no, it's a, no, no, it's a Japanese video. I know that. 
But you I know the chicken and a watermelon. Google it. I'm sure you'll find it. Chicken and a watermelon. Chicken. You bake the chicken, a whole chicken, inside of a watermelon. She put salt, pepper, gross already, and she put a lemon inside. Did not cut the lemon. What, what do you got I'm against? So what have you got I'm against? I'm not sure what she was doing. <laughs> well, it was salt and pepper only was the problem. But oh, I guess I she was trying to amplify the watermelon. But what I saw is that it created a moisture dome. That's what I would count on it, it doing. It sounds disgusting because the chicken doesn't... It does doesn't, sound disgusting. It looked like disgusting. It's brown. It just gets all gooey. And Trust me. It was, it, it was like it's a gross. gray oh, cream. Well. Gray. Yeah. yeah, it's like... And when she pulled it apart, she food. poured a sauce that looks something like duck sauce, maybe, on top. Which, to me, if you have to throw a sauce on top of a meat as soon as it's done, that tells you something right there. Yeah, you, you sure. Oh, yeah, that's an insult. <laughs> yeah, you just... <laughs> somebody take a steak and drench so, sauce on top. Okay, you don't think I can season food? Got it. Won't talk to you again. So you grew up in a restaurant, Mike. Did I you did. end up cooking? Never chicken in a watermelon. No. But yeah. No. This could yeah. be the first time. I was thinking, as, as Ian was talking, I think growing up in a restaurant family or a music family is as New Orleans as it gets. Right. So, like, I never knew... I mean, our playpen, my playpen was in the back of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know it. Like, I grew up cooking because I didn't know that, that. I thought that was just living. Yes. I didn't right, know right. it was cooking. It was yes. just a thing you wandering around and somebody says, grab a spoon and stir this because I got to run off. Don't stop stirring. Right. <laughs> well, before you know it, you're making a roux. You and don't know. That's how I ran away from um, culinary arts. My mother forced me to go to college to, to go for culinary arts, and I didn't want to. I wanted to do theater. Because I would, whenever I was allowed to watch television, I would watch a movie and then lock myself in a bathroom and regurgitate it. Emotions, tears, everything, right? What kind in of a life were you living in? <laughs> well, it was a life you when you got to watch TV. <laughs> well, You're punished all summer. My mom called it doing fine grades, D's and F's. So, you know, that was. <laughs> 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 relatives would ask, well, Tanya, you know, I need to go around asking those annoying questions. I never do that to people's kids. What are your grades like? You know, did complete you get, judgment. Did you get D's and F's? In oh, yes, indeed. Yes, really? indeed. Oh, yeah, I was and, horrible. And every subject, like math and English and everything? English, social English, studies. English and science and social studies were my strong suits. English, mm-hmm. science, science, and social studies. Well, what the hell else is there? Everyone fails math. I mean, that's no big deal. No, not everyone fails math. Well, well some people are yeah. smart, obviously. My daughter doesn't. So. She's, <laughs> she's like a whiz. But so, if, you, yeah. if you're not getting Ds and Fs in English and you know, social studies, you're okay. But that would be mm-hmm. sad if you're getting an F in social studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means you just don't care. Yeah, you just don't care. Right. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's also learning styles that help, too. Now... What really helped me out when I got in my 20s, because, you know, I was insecure most of my life, thinking that I was insecure, basically creative and not smart, as in book smart, right? But then then I found out that I had uh, a condition called synesthesis. Oh, hang on. We have to write that down. What is it? Synesthesia? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Synesthesia. Yo, I've watched... A lot of I, shit about that. That's what I paint. I paint sound waves. No shit. No lie. That's dope. I have mannequins. Well, we moved them out of the house because we're staging out. We, we had to stage our house for selling. But um, I have mannequins. I have uh, random uh, sofa pieces that I paint prime and white. And I just put... I did a... I have a YouTube. Uh, while I was on a... Somebody did a YouTube documentary. I painted my entire apartment from ceiling. The ceiling, I painted listening to Benny's, Benny and the Jets. And it's only about five minutes long, that song. Yeah, but you put, it, you put it on repeat. You just put it on repeat and listen to Benny and the Jets while you do the whole... All night long. Because and you see slightly different vibes, shit, every yep. Yep. playback. Well, you mm-hmm. guys have got to slow down a little bit. What is synesthesia? It's basically 
to paraphrase, it's like kind of like your, the hard wiring of your senses is crossed. You know, it's not the same. So how I used okay. to explain things to people, people used to make fun of me. Like, that's not, that's stupid. That's that is not a thing. You know, and I'd be like, well, <laughs> you know, like they'll say something like a sound, it's, or something looks crunchy or sounds crunchy or mm-hmm. something like that, like kind of mixing up different things that shouldn't go together. And so those things made me feel really stupid, you know, so... But what are you talking about, bending the jets and painting the ceiling? So when you hear music, you see colors? Is that mm-hmm. something? When I... And it says this on a YouTube video. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to post it on my Facebook when I get out of here. But um, when I was talking to my sister, I heard Benny the Jets started. And it went, dun. And immediately when I heard that first piano strike, I saw hands like this. And I said, Emma, I need to get mannequin heads. And she was like, what? Now, <laughs> now my, si- my oldest sister, my middle sister is like the middle ground. It's like, you two calm down. Stop being weird. But... Um, <laughs> My oldest sister, she gets me, and she was like, well, what do you want to do with the mannequin heads? I said, I don't know. Have hang you ever, hang have you ever done acid? No. Well, that's pretty much do the same Do you know on YouTube? No, no, know.com. Know.com, Terrytown, if you look up Terrytown Artist or something like that, Paints Apartment. Terrytown Artist. It, okay. One of, <laughs> one of the comments was that this looks like acid art. And I was just like, oh, I'm never reading comments again. <laughs> <laughs> You will not ruin my creativity. So this is what you see every day and all the time. Yeah, when I what? when when I'm in, no well when I'm in the mode of it. Sometimes I can see now. When I was younger, I didn't know what to do with that energy. When my mom first saw my apartment painted all over the place, she thought I was going crazy. She just kind of stopped at the door and just looked. And once my sister told her that I wasn't crazy, convinced her that she didn't need to call someone. Um, she, when she actually walked around and she thought, oh my God, if I would have known to give you this, I would have given you this a long time ago. Not the acid. No. <laughs> <laughs> Allowing me to be free artistically. Right. You know, to so want to paint walls so and what stuff. So what are the, how does it work? So you, you hear music or you hear sounds and you, you see he- colors? Mm-hmm. And that's it. You, hear sound, you hear sounds and the colors make sense. It, it, and it's like if okay. I if I was given a wall to paint, if I heard a sound like um, right. like I did Kanye West, you can't tell me nothing, right? I knew when I heard uh, da, 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 wait till I get my money, right? Boom! And I knew I was gonna put that purple was gonna explode across the wall. And when you look at the footage from the apartment, it did. You know, I kind of made it out like that. But that's also that's how I learned how to cook on my own. Both of my parents were like you when you said it's like a lifestyle. That's why I thought, Ma, it's not a gift for me to cook. Daddy cooks. You cook. That's, you know, both of them are a beast in the kitchen. That's just what it is. You survive. You know, it's not a gift. Are there any other senses that are cross-wide besides sound and Oh, well, the food, that's what I was talking about. I learned how to cook by taste. I could taste something and figure out how to duplicate it. So, yeah, like if I I ate it. What about touch? Touch? Yeah, does that result in anything? Mm-mm. There's no, no tactile type. Touch no. doesn't go with color or sound or. Mm-mm. I've never, if if so, I've never discovered that or been in a moment to discover it. Hmm. But um, you, yeah, you've and you've heard of this, Ian. You know about this. Yeah, I've watched a few um, like decent length documentaries on the internet here and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That are like, yeah, people will see certain uh, letters or numbers associated with certain colors. Or like one lady just 
it manifested in a way where she ended up being like a math savant, basically, because she would see wow. some sort of grid of numbers or something that would make her just be able to multiply crazy-ass <laughs> figures together instantly. Um, hmm. And it, it's, it sounds like it's as difficult to explain as an acid trip. Right. It's like how it, what it really looks like to the person who's experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Haven't you done acid and wish that you could recreate that somehow or, or see that again when you weren't high? Yeah. That would be. His eyes yeah, are very funny. That, He's like. That would be great. I mean, I'm sure everyone who's done acid was wish that. God, I wish I could go back to that. He went. I can't say no. I can't say How yes. far is this going yeah. on the yeah. internet right now? Mark, you're not going to admit that you've done acid here on this conversation. But it was a very, when you're very long, long time, time ago. ago. Me too. I wouldn't be able to do it now. I'm scared that I'd have no brain cells left to barely hold together at the end of the day. But, it's like coffee but, if you do it right. It's like, it's like co- acid coffee. is like coffee. Yeah. In what sense? Like a little micro dose here and there. It's like a, it's little, a little bit fucking micro yeah. pick me up coffee espresso. Got you. Got you. Know. you. Until you drink like three cups. Just put it in well, a nutshell for me. anything if you take too much, you know. You can go south where do you even buy so acid? So acid in moderation works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, everything in moderation is probably... Is yeah. probably yeah, have you guys not ever heard of microdosing before? People do that all the time over in Silicon Valley. They this take is little, Thomas. Is they take okay? a little drop of LSD to focus uh, their right? attention and their creativity. I can imagine. I can imagine. That's real life shit. That's, uh, yeah, that is. I support that idea. Okay. That's weird. Where I didn't like getting high, though. You didn't like getting high? Even, even though... Even though my mind went kind of so far, doesn't like getting high. When I, and it's only because probably because I go so far out, just sitting still. You know, um, the time I, the last time I did get high, you know what I thought? That was right before I figured out. Everyone's what, looking at you. No, I was in a room They're with one other you. person, practically slobbing, which I learned my lesson. What were you? <laughs> you have to find out their motive for getting high before you get high with them. What were you because, taking? Like, what drugs are we talking what about? What are you running away from? What kind of weed is this? <laughs> you know? I was just, well, weed can be You're very You're not trying strong. to get high. You're trying to leave. <laughs> We're on two different playing fields. <laughs> but when I, the, that time I smoked, my mother was crying laughing because I told her about it. She said, I can't believe you got high. But um, because she said, you're, you're stupid already, Toya. Why are you getting high? But anyway. yeah, you're, not, you're not a good candidate if you're already seeing colors. Yeah, and look. When you're walking down the street and. And if my mother was here, she would say, you see what I'm talking about, Toya? <laughs> but, What's your mom do? Uh, my mother, right now, she's retired. She was a nurse um, all of my life. Pretty much hardworking right. woman, worked like two jobs. Nurses are cool. Hmm? Nurses are cool. That's a tough gig. Yeah, it is. Interesting it people is tough. become nurses. What is yeah. she saying? Now she's retired. That's mm-hmm. good. Does she's she retired. help with the kids? Yes, indeed, Lord. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. And who's, who's your husband? He's your manager, you mentioned at some mm-hmm. point there. Yeah, he is. And how did you guys meet? We actually met on Match.com. Wow. Aha. Uh-huh. Really? Mm-hmm. What's your profile? Um, what do you it's say definitely about gone. <laughs> I was just going to see when, if Andrew would pull it up. When stuff like that gets official, you <laughs> cut it off. Wow. You don't play those rocket games when you find the one, you know? Was How he long here in New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, walk, we lived around each other all of our life. Um, we met each other in fifth grade. 
Wow. My cousin went to school with him. We saw each other at school dance, dance one time. One of the only times I danced with somebody at a school dance because back then you were just too cool to dance. You know, like kids now they dance. But I asked my daughter, I said, you dance? And she said, yeah. Y'all didn't dance? What did you do at a party? He kind of stood there and looked cool. That's right. We- <laughs> exactly. So you danced with this wall. guy in fifth grade who you mm-hmm. ended up meeting on Match.com and Mary. And we, we, we have, have not met since then. a lot of time. No, he wouldn't have wanted me before then. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because I, I didn't have a, a good cap on... You had low self-esteem. No, no, no. I didn't have a good cap on my creative abilities and how I was with people and things and how to... Now I have a good meter of how to separate, you know, things and know what's important, what's not. Um, like, I was not big into the idea of marriage. That scared me. Because I felt like most, just about every woman you see getting married, all you do is get knocked up and just stay at home all the time. You know, I was like, that's not me. I got to do something more. I'll get married after I get somewhere, you know. But, yeah, so he wouldn't have, I wouldn't have taken anything seriously right. then. Well, how's, you know? it, how's it working out? Really good. How long has it been? Four years. Four years, okay. How long have you been dating this unnamed person, Ian? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What'd it's you tough say? to determine. How to say really? when it started. I know, that's, that's a, a hard answer. question, yeah. What's today? Tough to determine. You know. <laughs> I don't know, today is a, it's a Wednesday. Oh, that's that? Yeah. Bacon's in the drink. Why don't I smell bacon? It's bacon. Hey, Mike, well, what, pork fat what made you move out of New Orleans for? How long were you gone for? Years, right? I was gone for 15 years. 15? Yeah, I had a job that took me all over the country. And what did you do? I worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs, actually, serving veterans. Uh-huh. So I moved all over. I lived, uh, I moved from here to Minnesota. I had never seen snow. I was 26, oh, 27 years old. It's, wow. not, it's not like it is in a music video. You moved video, straight from here to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I moved to Minnesota. I actually got there the day after like a Halloween blizzard. Showed up in a suit. I didn't own a coat. I, you know, from New Orleans. I know you didn't. They had a coworker take me to buy a coat because they didn't trust me to buy the right coat. And they were right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I moved all over. I lived in Houston. Five years and lived in Nashville, lived in D.C. for a bunch of years. And what were you doing for the VA? All kinds of stuff. I ran the uh, home loan program, mortgage program for helping veterans all right. over the country. I ran That's that nice. during the recession. Um, so that was a little tough, but I did that and uh, helped veterans with disability benefits and getting jobs uh, and then ran some IT stuff for VA. And then I uh, came. How'd, how'd you get into that? Were you in the military? I kind of stumbled into it. My, I come from a family of veterans, and I wasn't a veteran, and I got out of college, USL, back in the early 90s, and it seemed like a really great job and a, a great way to give back to people that, that had done so much for the country, and one thing led to another, and every time I thought about leaving, some new opportunity came up. Mm-hmm. You know, people think about the government, it's a big bureaucracy, and it is, but if you, I grew up in a small business. If you treat it like a small business, your own little piece, there's like never-ending opportunities. So I've just always treated it as I moved around as my little opportunity to carve out, kind of prove people wrong and, and do something fun. Mm-hmm. I got to do television. I got to do the, the mortgage stuff. Got to help people build these IT systems, data stuff, all kinds of stuff. So, and along the way, you got to help individuals and really so connect. you can actually make a difference inside a giant. You can. You just right. got to get over Like any big organization, there's bureaucracy, right? Mm-hmm. But you, it's all about, like what you guys are talking it's all about fundamentally making a difference for one person at one moment, right? When you cook a nice meal mm-hmm. or you're on stage, I, I got to believe you connect with somebody and you see mm-hmm. that they're just enjoying themselves for 90 minutes, right? right? It's the same thing. How do you help one person make a difference? How do you help a World War II veteran who's given so much, right? You change their life. Right. And so I, I moved all over the country and... Uh, we came home five years ago to raise our kids. They were then 10 weeks old. 
as New Orleanians. So you, wow. you took your wife with you all this? She followed me around long before she was my wife. And then uh, once she was wow. my wife, followed me all over the place. Mark, is that, is that Marie? <laughs> that is Marie. Yeah, she Thank says God. she says hi on the live chat right now. <laughs> All right, okay. Sweet baby I'm, Jesus. So Being she's keeping an eye on you. Quick shout I out mean. to Marie Bologna. <laughs> <laughs> he just shot out the He's dark. Like, He's like. So how'd you go from all that? Sure glad we didn't go down that path of acid and marijuana. Is that Marie? How'd you go from all that to uh, to starting a podcast? You know, what like, made you want to think of that. You know, all, the three of us are from New Orleans. You grow up. You got, you got a list of things. Because people always ask, and I'm coming to New Orleans, what should I do? Right. And I, I think it's fair to say all three of us love the city and love sharing it. And one day, I love podcasts, and I looked up and thought, there's a better way to do this rather than one email at a time. Why not share it? Why not share that love, right? Everybody goes into place and goes, I wonder what the locals do. But here, we share that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what if you answered that on a podcast? Right. And the, the, as I was mentioning, in the you know, music business and food business, I think, in New Orleans is as inside as it gets. That is. You just know yeah. people, and, and they cross over. You know, if you grow up in either one of those, you just know things. You, you're in places that maybe other people aren't. You get to know people that come in. Like in our place, it was a neighborhood place, but we had, we had football players and musicians and right. chefs that came in. We just knew them. We didn't know, you know, you didn't treat them. Just family, neighborhood people. And so I thought that would be such a cool insight, at least I hoped, to share that and find other people like that that would just share insider tips about New Orleans. And that's what we do. And people listen to it. Yeah, yeah like three or four, actually. Yeah, there's a couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sort of always amazing to me, but I think it's like cooking, it's like music. People want to know. Right. They want to know. They come in right. town. They but don't the funny thing is that you're not a broadcaster. You didn't, go no. to, you didn't start off on radio or you went on TV or... You're not a, in showbiz at all. You, know, you work in the VA, and now you're making a podcast. And a weird thing, and that kind of gets back to the bureaucracy. One of the things I did was television broadcast inside the VA. So training mm. things, right? So you get used to being on stage or having monitors or, right. or talking, using, yeah. using a teleprompter. Yeah. And you I, realize you one do? day you get this skill that you can... Right. Yeah. You can be a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Toya. <laughs> Chef Toya. Hey, um, and are you still at the VA now? Here? Yeah. You still doing that's that? That's what I do during the day. That's your day that's job. Good. Then I come where, home. Where, where do they think you are now? <laughs> they think I'm on annual leave, which I took this afternoon. <laughs> oh, so you I did? Come oh, hang out with that's you. great. So you're actually on like a I'm on my own furlough. time right now. That's right, for the afternoon. All right. So you can take like, a, it's like microdosing. <laughs> you can take your annual leave in an hour increments. I've never thought of it that way. Grandpa, sure, it's microdosing. <laughs> I think that has to be the name of today's show, don't <laughs> Just you? Start- it's a good thing, the po- good thing the podcast is working out. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah they won't be having you back at the VA That's after right. you hear that you've been doing acid, smoking pot, and microdosing. None of which in the last t- day or two. That's good, though, do that they, you're doing that. Do they do drug testing at the uh, they do. VA? They do. What about dump, sure. dumpster funk? Is dumpster dumpster funk test 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 you have to drug yeah, test no. positive drug or you can't. It's the other way around, though. You have to test positive in dumpster funk for drugs. No. Not test negative. Not so much. What's going on? Is everybody clean living? Everyone's getting older now. Yeah, I mean, so uh, my, my, Ivan, you know? my cousin Ivan's been sober for yeah. 19 years. Right. He's yeah. Mr. Straight. Well, remember, everybody used to be fucked up. The whole Neville Brothers thing, they were all com- completely, and they all straightened up, remember? Yeah. Well, I'm sure you do remember. Yeah. Yeah. We're guilty of all that. Yep. Yeah. God, that, I remember reading that book. Is that the biography or the autobiography about stories about how, was it your dad and, and Aaron would be all fucked up and got on a bus to get off of drugs? They would take a bus from New Orleans to New York with no drugs? That's genius. Was that, that was that was, Aaron? Um, 
That might have been. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, that might have been my uncle Charlie. I, Charlie. I, that was in the. That was in that book. I forget. Yeah, it's yeah. a book about the Neville brothers. Was it Charles? One of might them. have been. Oh, yeah. it was a terrible story. They're so high, they have to stop to get off everything. The cheapest way to get yourself off was to get a bus ticket. That's why I told you it's genius because you have to pay for rehab and anything like that. I mean, but what a way to go (laughs) on a Greyhound bus! You know you're going to be miserable anyway. Just you know, take that ride. Come on, just that's a hell of a story. Yeah, it must be fun growing up with all those stories, though. I mean, that was your life as a kid. Yeah, I mean, you 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 learn where to take less, which direction of kind of lesson you want to learn from every kind of story. Right. Must be fun having Thanksgiving with Aaron Neville and your dad out. Must be we don't do a huge. We do, we, a do our, we do our, you know, right. household family Thanksgiving vibe thing, and then maybe like some floaters, right? That pop up here and there. Is there ever a whole family thing? We're all scattered brothers. right now, you know. Do the brothers? No, our our uh, traditionally our family reunion was Jazz Fest. It was ah, the last Sunday of Jazz yeah, Fest. That was the right. day that our whole family. Was in the same place at the same time. Yeah, how cool That's was nice. that? Yeah. yeah, that is a cool way to grow up. Mm-hmm. Did you know Professor Long here? Um, was he no, gone not before directly, you came? No. Yeah, all those guys. Dr. John, he was around. I would imagine. Mac was, is still yeah. around. Yeah, right. Mac's still gigging. Playing. Right. Oh yeah. God, yeah, he's still. He's better than ever. Actually. Yeah, Mac. Uh, Mac's killing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Mac Rabinac. Yeah, he's the real deal. Yeah, him and my dad are, are tight. That shit's funny as hell when they, yeah. I bet. That must be interesting to be <laughs> yeah. a fly on the wall in those conversations <laughs> going back over there. So, Toy, you have a, like a, I saw, this is the one bit of information I do have about you. It says mm-hmm. here that you're releasing your first cookbook. Yeah, my first cookbook. Cook like a New Orleanian. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's New Orleans' uh, first interactive cookbook. So, it has a hard copy, of course, because people love to collect books. But the interactive copy, you can look at it on your iPad and you can basically watch a video of me making the roux at the same time for my gumbo. Now, it's, it's derived from my YouTube channel that does pretty well. Um, I have over like 4,000 and something subscribers. I've only been doing it for like maybe two years or so. Your videos are and great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Song. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to stop people from going to the blog and then going to the YouTube channel, then going to the blog and the YouTube channel. So you put it all together and they get to look at it and then they click play while, while it's on the stand and they can do like this and watch it. But I think what makes my book so different from other people's books is that a lot of chefs and a lot of people have personality and uh, skill and gifts, but I have one extra gift that's connected to my culinary background and performance Synesthesia. background. No. <laughs> Another no. one. <laughs> my gift to teach. Ah. So I make everything just crazy simple. Gumbo in like six steps. I could have anybody making anything. Even kids. I had one kid. Um, okay, that could be good for us. An <laughs> artist that I uh, know, a singer, Karen Green, her son was about, which I commend parents who really pour into their children creatively. They all play like, they're like the Jackson 5 kids. They all play instruments and stuff, right? But one of them wanted to learn how to cook, so she got me to come over and give him lessons. Nine, ten years old, he's making a roux for crawfish etouffee. He made, he made uh, crab and corn bisque. I say it's just it's just a matter of teaching and being able to clearly direct people on one simple plane, you know. People who can cook always say that, though. No, that's not. Well, people who can cook always say, oh, it's, not, "It's simple." You just people have, who are trying is, to sell you their get cooking. Enough, you figure that shit out. <laughs> are, you, are you a good cook? Ian? Can you cook well? Yeah. yeah. Are you good? And Mark, you're a good cook. You've yeah, got to be because you grew up. Yeah. Right. Grew up in 
So I got a question. What's your last meal? You could have one meal left and you knew what damn you knew. Even if you're going to be. What would it be? Damn. Wow. I don't know. Last I can't answer that. meal. So I'll, I'll jump Chicken in. Chicken and watermelon? Lo- uh, uh, no, no, no. Because that's, that's, still, that's still up for creepy, but maybe we can make it work. Um, the Hansons. chicken and watermelon. No, no. I'm just going to get a snowball. Fuck it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You better good, get them on now. Good well, bacon you don't cheddar fries. Bacon what? cheddar fries. Bacon real, cheddar fries. Real fresh cut fries. The kind of been right. soaked in water. Yeah. Done. Salt and pepper. As soon as it hit out the grease. Like, don't. Wow. Like that, fresh right? Fresh out the grease. Yeah. As, as we say. <laughs> you got to <road. laughs> yeah. have it fresh out the grease. I hate when I see the fries sitting. I'm like, you're going to salt them now? So you're salting the, so you're salting the napkin. Thanks. But anyway. <laughs> But you salt them immediately, put really good cheddar, shredded cheddar on top, evenly distributed, and good hickory or apple smoked bacon. And this is from someone who does not smoke pot, by the way. (laughs) This is like a pot smoker's last morning. When I tell you I love Kuda Browns, I love any hole in the wall kind of place to eat at. I love it. They have the best food. you're not hmm. disappointed. Don't look behind the counter. If, it's if creepy. If Snake and Jake's but, had food, I don't oh. know that I would <laughs> take that ride. I don't know. <laughs> but Kuda Browns well, is good. It, it is well, when good. you're on the road, Ian, where's the place you want to come back to that you think, I'm going to get home and I'm going to go get a meal at? It fluctuates over time, I guess. But um, when I got back this last time, I went to Pesh, Pesh pretty quick because they have those crab right. claws. The, the like yeah the crab claw situation they have there is Mm-mm. killing and it's, okay. that's a seasonal deal so when it's like time for that I I hit them up All but right. it changes like uh, I don't know I hit up Vincent's 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 is Another good good one Vincent's is good what are you um, Mark what's your what would your last meal be seeing it was your question my, yeah since there's my question right so it would be a gumbo yeah yeah chicken and andouille gumbo good smoky mm-hmm. uh, Mr. B's has a good one barbecue shrimp would be my main course Okay. And, and you've I, thought about it. I'm allergic to dairy, so barbecue uh, shrimp, I love it. I no. love it. But well, I can use vegan butter, but I don't know. Yeah, You're vegan? No, not at all. No. Okay. But I'm allergic to bacon. dairy, so I had to, I have right. to, if I use, if I do barbecue You're shrimp. You're allergic to dairy? It's so annoying. Damn. It, it was, I yeah. thought it was That's lactose like and towel. Yeah, it's like an extreme lactose. Very situation. extreme because my palms get red. And I start sweating, and it becomes something different. And they said that that's a reaction in my digestive system. When you look at your palms and they're red, what music do you hear? <laughs> I don't hear Dumps any music. I hear "Where's the Benadryl?" or "Where's the Benadryl?" Yeah, it's a good Can song. I get a steroid shot? <laughs> Possibly. Well, that sucks. So if you, oh, like the guy at Urgent Care is like, you have to stop. <laughs> what about ice cream? Ice cream? Can you, no, no ice cream. And I've been wanting ice cream for a very long time, especially now I've been oh, craving ice cream. Man. But I have to find a good soy. That I can oh, eat. Oh, that really is bad. Oh, yeah. But well, sometimes I wing it, though. At least you live in a place with snowballs. Well, that's true. Yeah. And the satsuma. Oh, you can have, oh, satsuma, is, ginger, cayenne I, combo. But satsuma is good with the rum, by the way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What, ginger, cayenne. I'm still What about your condensed spicy? milk thing that you said you have condensed milk or the chocolate? Yeah, yeah, condensed milk. It has to be small. But can you eat small doses. condensed milk? Is, I mean, it's a stupid question, but is that milk, actually? Yes, it is. But What it's, about evaporated milk? What the hell is that? Ev- Good question. <laughs> evaporated milk, I don't know exactly scientifically what evaporated milk is, but I know it's not too well for my stomach. It's definitely too creamy. Definitely too creamy. Evaporated milk. Every, it's, I can, it's, it's, it's I've seen it. Allegedly. Yeah, That's I've what seen I put it pralines. It make. Oh, you make? It's a powder. No, it, evaporated milk is like this thick, 
It's this thick, almost, it's below condensed milk in the thickness, <laughs> basically. It's thicker than condensed milk. No, 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 no. It's thinner. below. It's below. Below. More. It's right below. Thinner. It's like more thinner. watery than condensed milk. Mm-hmm. Condensed milk has sugar in it. It does. And the evaporated uh-huh. milk, Thank you can you. double it to make regular milk. <laughs> He's you can have a can of water, a can of water, I think a, a can or either two cans of water to evaporate a can milk. That's how they evaporated what, milk at that point. <laughs> <laughs> what they used to call pet milk. I, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, what, I know. Try to go to the store. What, where's the pet milk? Are you suppose, pet milk? That, what are you that's about? in a can, right? So you can keep that, I suppose, like you know, mm-hmm. for hurricane preparedness or something. Yeah, man, when I saw the back of it one day, I said, "Oh my God, you add water to this crap, and it becomes like milk for cereal." Yeah, Negative. No, I don't not think doing so. it. <laughs> we have to get out of here, but let's just say before we go, thank goodness we're not evacuating right now. Oh, yeah. Thank we goodness. do not have to worry about this hurricane coming here, whatever it's called, Irma. Well, and hopefully I, it's not I was going to give it till about two days from now to really decide because they don't know it's where the hell it is. It's not coming here. I feel like he's going to be on the fence about it. Yeah, that's why I just looked like I knew he was going to say No, it's totally not coming here. I agree that it's not time to panic at all yet, but... And it's not coming here for 100% sure. It's not coming here, I mean, I promise you. Who told you that? Bob Breck. If you go, I love how everybody's saying his you, name as if you know, oh, that's, he's we're cool. Bob, the, he's the Bob man, Bob Breck. If you no, go, wait. if you Google Bob Breck's blog, and go look at Bob Say Breck's that shit blog, five times fast, right? Bob. I'm not gonna try it again. Check it out. He <laughs> says it's definitely not coming you here. Still I totally have your believe water him. and alcohol ready, just in case. Well, yes. I've always got the alcohol Stock ready, up. of course, but it is it is happy hour all the time if it's a hurricane. But thank God it's not coming here. We don't have to worry about it, and hopefully it won't go anywhere. It'll just go. Up the east coast and into the ocean. Hopefully, but God knows if that's going to happen. Just evaporate with the milk. Exactly. The east coast is still (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) No, but I mean, it won't actually hit land. It's possible that it could still disappear. But just thank God we're not getting out of here right now and going and packing up and leaving. Yeah, true which that. was true that. I'm very which glad about that. Which way it could have gone. So thanks, everybody, for hanging out with me for an hour here on Happy Hour. Thank you for having me. Chef Toya Bodie, we can link to your page on our page on itsneworleans.com. Mm-hmm. And so we can go and see your videos and get our hands on their interactive cookbook. Yep, you sure can. And Mark Bologna, we can see your link to your... Um, podcast beyond bourbon street yep beyond as well thank you so much for taking your annual Mm. vacation to come and hang out with us (laughs) that's actually the nicest compliment anyone's (laughs) your micro dose of that's a pretty major compliment i have to say thank you thank you really appreciate that and ian never what a great pleasure to have you here thanks Thanks for being here and before you guys go don't forget to take some hangover destroyer with you it's free for you and if you're listening to this podcast somewhere around the world and you'd like to get your hands on hangover destroyer and you're wondering what it is it's the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. You can get it at hdestroyer.com. And if you write the words happy hour on the coupon code, you can get some percentage off, 30% off your order of hangover destroyer so that you too can seize the dawn. And thank you as well to Basics Swim and Gym. We can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. You can get a bikini, a one-piece, a cover-up, everything you need for the beach or the pool is at Basics Swim and Gym. It's right next to the lingerie store, Basics Underneath. On Magazine Street in New Orleans. That's Happy Hour for another week. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte, Alison Moon, and April Stolfer, our associate producers, and Christian Unruh is our music director. Jean Valois is our music producer, and Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Our live feed director who's put all this together is Asher Griffith, and our fact checker right over there 
is Andrew Searock. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, it's neworleans.com, where you can also find many other hours of happy hours to listen to, as well as some other shows we make here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, and Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker. You can find other great Louisiana podcasts at beyondbourbonstreet.com and also at acadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page, which is also called It's New Orleans. These photos are taken today by Alison Moon. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. If you've got a free moment, use it to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. It really does. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Fred Street in Uptown New Orleans. If you're looking for Andrew Duhon, he's been gone for the whole day and he's gone for a few more weeks. If he's uh, in a town near you, go see him. You can find that out exactly where he is at andrewduhon.com. So for Andrew, everyone else around here at the table at Wayfair, back at our office at I Know Broadcasting, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour. <laughs>